Ladies and gents, uh, welcome back to the podcast, Engineers Podcast. Today we've got Lewis Souza with us, who's uh, an engineering manager at a team over in Amsterdam, Find Hotel. We're going to dive into uh, a little bit today around Find Hotel, their model, some of their engineering challenges. There's, uh, I think, two really interesting conversations today would be the maker versus uh, manager model. I, I see this as a massively hot topic at the moment, especially on Twitter. Uh, I'm seeing how people are responding to this, especially with equity and investment going through the roof across Europe and communication between different microservices in an org and how we've spoken about this before, but architecture can reflect communication in organizations. So here we are. Lewis, thanks for coming on. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Uh, thanks for having me here. It's a pleasure. Good. Good stuff. G give us an intro into you, Lewis. Who's Lewis? Yeah, so I am a Brazilian uh, engineer. So I relocated from Brazil uh, to the Netherlands last year, January 2020, right before the pandemic, to join <laughs> Find Hotel as a senior soft uh, front-end engineer. Then since then, it's been, it's been quite a journey, uh, really challenging for us, for the company, and for me personally as well. So after joining Find Hotel, I had the chance to uh, work as um, engineering lead. Yeah. And recently I got promoted from engineering lead to engineering manager. Lovely. And nowadays I'm, uh, I'm helping and supporting other than uh, engineers on their careers and growth uh, here within the company. It's been quite fun uh, and challenging. Good. What, what was that experience like during COVID, especially being in the market that you're in? For, from what you can tell us, what was it like? Yeah, so like uh, there were the, the personal challenge uh, of moving countries right before a pandemic. Uh, it was impossible for us to predict this, uh, the timing and how to deal with this after we were here. Uh, but luckily, uh, we were able to overcome. We were safe. Our family back in Brazil were safe. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, there is the challenge in the company because we are in the tourism business. Yeah. Uh, and at some point during the right in the beginning of the pandemic, the hotels were closed. Uh, every accommodation was closed. So it was really hard for us uh, to navigate this. But yeah, as a small company, you had to be creative. You have to be innovative uh, in the way that you uh, deal with the challenges. And yeah. then we managed to overcome this uh, and find uh, solutions uh, to keep, well, not growing the business, but to keep uh, our doors open and to be yeah. in the business. And then at some point we find, okay, uh, feels like the market is coming back. Uh, so then we had the summer here in Europe that was quite good. And then we kind of uh, went back on track uh, of the, the growth of the business. And yeah, recently uh, we reached uh, 2 million bookings uh, in just 365 days, which is uh, quite an achievement considering the business and the timing of the market, like uh, the pandemic, etc. So it was... Uh, quite a big achievement for us. You've got quite a good business to understand people's signals for confidence, I think, because it's not necessarily hearsay or what people are saying on social media of, yeah, I would go and book a holiday or I would do this. You've got 
signals and facts from people that there is confidence in the market to travel domestic across borders yeah exactly uh so like we can identify when the market is is coming back so for instance there was a time we say okay looks like the asia uh, is coming back uh, yeah to the tourism so people are traveling uh, like locally but they were traveling and then at some point we identified okay us is coming back uh, on the other hand, when one market was coming back, there were other markets closing now. Right. Yeah. So it was like, okay, we found this opportunity here, so let's grow our business here. But then there was another market that we had to decrease a bit the business because it was closing down. So it was like, okay, let's focus here now. And then we had to move to another market and then, okay, let's focus here. And then at some point we decided, okay, we need to focus on the other market because this one is uh, not going so well. Yeah. So we had to uh, kind of tweak uh, the way we were doing things uh, really? to cover this uh, and see. And we were able to identify uh, the markets that were growing and we were on top of that, uh, trying to um, yeah, offer our customers um, uh, accommodation deals on places that they were willing to travel or they were uh, in a way safe to travel. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's still a challenge up to this day because some places they are closing down again, some places are open. Yeah. So it's something that we need to constantly be looking at uh, to make sure that we are making the right moves. Yeah. Now we're on the topic. T- tell us a little bit about what that 2 million bookings looked like from uh, an engineering standpoint and and meta-searching and how you've actually built something for that. Let, let's try and understand that firsthand. That would be quite good to dive into. Yeah, exactly. Well, there's a lot to talk about uh, on this topic, uh, but to give you an idea, there was some new providers that we integrated uh, on the meta search. So then we were uh, providing deals and rates and availability to some new tools. So then it increased the people coming to our website and then end of the day booking. Uh, but also we improved the platform during this uh, COVID time. So we focused a re- uh, really good effort on the platform to make it better. And also to tweak some things to promote that uh, something that were becoming important for people, let's say free cancellation and yeah. some some things that were <clears throat> now really important for people traveling or not sure if they will be able to travel uh, when the time comes. Uh, so we improved the platform to cover those things. Uh, and also uh, we improved the booking inside of our application as well. Yeah. So there was a lot of work behind the scenes uh, on these three topics that I'm just saying that enabled us to come to that point to have 2 million bookings in only a time span of a year. It was quite an achievement, uh, a really good one. And I think if there was no pandemic, we could go even further uh, yeah. on, that, uh, on that target. What, what was the consistent pain point that you found yourselves getting into? Pain point from a technical standpoint. Well, I can cover more the front-end side, uh, the client side of the application. So consistent pain points, honestly, I cannot remember like anything that keeps coming back and back uh, for us. It's a challenge to improve a platform. Yeah. Uh, doing 
uh, experimentation in the in the way we do. Yeah, because it's quite let's say not easy, but it's doable to uh, deploy some experimentations on the platform, and then you can analyze the data afterwards to see okay which uh, which feature is better, let's say the A or the B side. But then once you deploy multiple of them, uh, it's a challenge to analyze and to have the uh, enough statistical data to make sure you are doing the right moves. And sometimes uh, you need to make concessions. Uh, not every time the direction you want to go is going to be the direction that's going to win an A-B test. Yeah. Okay. So you need to be really uh, on top of the product you want to create. And yeah, make those hard moves when the time comes, but also plan the work in a way that you can do that smoothly and that will actually help the customers in the end of the day uh, to achieve their goals and to promote like better deals for them and make sure that they will have uh, the best accommodation deal possible, uh, whatever they want to travel. Well, where was, where was the birth of the idea around the front end guild? Uh, well, I think uh, that started a few years ago, even okay. years before I joined uh, Find Hotel. Okay. But what I can tell uh, from my own personal perspective on it, it always started, of course, because we, we want to have a website, yeah. a client-side application where we want to offer uh, an experience for our own customers and do our own experimentation and build the product in the way that we want uh, inside yeah. of the company. And then the front-end guild, I uh, started because we started to grow uh, the discipline inside of the company. So we had multiple different teams working on the client side of the application. So it was necessary to align uh, the things that we are doing, but also to share uh, the good things that we were doing there. And as the teams are growing, are scaling, we are hiring people constantly. Yeah. Uh, we need to keep them uh, together to discuss uh, and to not like, QA snake 10 times. So we can QA snake one time and share with the other ones how we do how we did that. Yeah. And then the other ones will learn. Uh, but also share good practices, practice um, along the code base in the way of handling the challenges. Um, yeah. discuss many topics, make decisions together, uh, and evolve the discipline in the company as well. Yeah. Um, I think those were be uh, has been the, the things that we were doing recently. Yeah, and it's been quite nice to see how we are growing uh, the the discipline inside of the company. And yeah, for sure, we need to even improve the way that we are handling the, the guild itself uh, because it's becoming crowded. Uh, it's becoming uh, really popular in the company, a lot of engineers, but this is uh, the way we want. This is uh, nice for us, a nice challenge. Yeah, I think we, we've spoken to other teams previously on knowledge sharing playbooks guilds is probably i think one of the first topics that we've discussed and i, I think it's really interesting to see the importance that they grow within a business over time and i think the knowledge sharing part and probably the empathy part as well for what you're actually doing is probably the most important component. That's what I find interesting. Probably makes sense looking at it from an outside perspective, but I think it can really grow some stature w within a company or a team. 
Yeah, for sure. Like being together, uh, we really like to be uh, with each other to discuss the topics because this is the thing that we love. This is the thing that we do uh, for work. But we also like this, like the front-end uh, yeah. discipline. So then being together, discussing the topics and bringing new things, new discussions, it's always been fun. And it's the thing that we like to do. So every time that we have the chance to meet uh, each other, to be together on the guild, uh, it's fun time for us. We, we enjoy uh, doing it. We like doing it because we are around of uh, people that we work with. Uh, yeah. But let's talk about something that we really like. Um, so yeah, I think this is important to keep the discipline aligned in the company and yeah. also to keep people motivated about the challenge that some other teams are facing and help each other across uh, different teams. I really, I really enjoy it. It might be a silly question. How do you actually go about building a guild? Is it just a case of, guys, we've got an idea. Everyone be here. 1 p.m. We're going to share it. We're going to make this a continual. Here's some documentation. Bang. There we go. Is it just as simple as that? Well, it can be just as simple as that. Uh, because okay. then you were actually talking about like having the meeting and meeting each other, but also you need to, to know why you need that. Because at some point, I think it was only a single team. So everybody was together, uh, working together on the same code base, same part of the product and talking with each other every day on stand-up dailies or something like this. Yeah. So then I don't think it was really necessary, but then when we split it uh, into, let's say two, three, four teams, and then it became necessary because then people were not seeing each other every day. Yep. And then those kind of alignments between teams and in the same discipline make sense. Uh, so for instance, we I can give you a bit of details, but we are discussing about having Elixir Guild yep. inside of the company because now we have more than one team uh, using Elixir. It's more than five developers using it. So yep. we are... Uh, feeling that maybe this is the time of kicking off uh, a new guild uh, on this discipline. Uh, so yeah, this is the way that happened from the, for the front end maybe. Nice. This is the way it's happening for uh, Elixir at the moment. But there were other guilds in the company that maybe they came in a different way. Okay. Uh, so help, help us, that, that's, that's a nice follow-on. Help us understand more visibility on... I guess, communication between different guilds, different microservices within the business. So technically and personally, help us understand that communication po component from front end and back end teams, technically as well. Yeah, I think this uh, all starts with the, the way that the organization uh, is uh, organized. So the teams that we have, the parts, the areas of the company that we have and how the systems are uh, distributed. And then uh, when we have the teams uh, taking care of those microservices or either client-side applications or uh, something like this, then it all becomes, okay, now we need to align everything, but we need to be aligned on like uh, a mutual goal. Yeah. So then you need to have like a clear goal for the whole company. So once the company have like a clear goal, everybody uh, in its different 
uh, in their different disciplines, in their different systems, different areas of the company, will um, uh, target uh, the same thing that is like the company goals. Yeah. And then to keep the alignment uh, between teams, um, it's a challenge uh, because then you have multiple teams with multiple needs. Uh, they have multiple things to take care of and then you need to align between them. Okay, maybe I have a dependence with uh, your team uh, that needs to be solved before I can do something else that I'm planning to, yeah. go, to achieve the company goal. And then there is a lot of alignment that needs to happen uh, towards the product between both teams. Uh, but also on the technical side, when you are building uh, new things. So ideally, like we are still, I think, uh, a small company in terms of teams and the number of engineers that we have. Yeah. Uh, so we have quite a big scope uh, inside of the team. So this is, um, yeah, it's challenging because then there's a lot uh, on your plate in terms of scope, but it's easy because then it's not being shared with uh, much teams, many teams. So then you can take care of everything and then there is no big overlap between what you are doing and some other team uh, is doing. Uh, so then you can easily overcome the challenges within your scope. Okay. But when it comes down to shared scope, then it's a, a bit of a bigger challenge because then you need to align, you need to discuss, you need to make sure that you are going to the right directions and you are not breaking any... Uh, of the best practice agreement that we have uh, made throughout the, the discipline inside of the company. Yeah. Um, okay. That's, that's an interesting component. Diving a little bit deeper into the back-end teams themselves, uh, how, how do they deal with some of the meta-searching or uh, some of the scale of the business because I can imagine at times, uh, especially if we think about the market that you're in, when it is summer holidays or when kids do break up, there are definitely peaks and troughs in the market. So how do they deal with that from your view, some of that performance and scale challenge? Well, uh, I'm not directly working on the meta search, so I can give my own perspective uh, yeah, yeah. from the view that I have from yeah, my uh, position on the company. Uh, so there's a lot of challenges in terms of integrating new uh, tools that we where we are going to promote the tools. Uh, so for instance, uh, one of the clients is the website, of course, and then there are other different clients uh, for their system, like TripAdvisor, Kayak, <clears throat> Google Hotel Ads, and many more. <clears throat> Sorry. And then they need to provide uh, the information throughout those web um, services and tools. Yeah. And <clears throat> as you said, sometimes uh, there are some, let's say, holidays or um, the kids are not at school. So then a lot of people are traveling and they want to book uh, a hotel accommodation somewhere and then it's get it gets pretty busy and then there are challenges uh, sometimes uh, we see on the numbers that the systems the usage of the system is growing so we yeah. are we are constantly monitoring it uh, yeah, using good. tools like Datadog, Sentry uh, and some others we have ways of uh, raising emergency in case something happens but yeah from my point of view they are dealing good because I, 
it's been a while since I saw any emergency on that system. From my perspective on the company, I don't know. Maybe they have seen something. Uh, I just, I'm just maybe not aware. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a really big scale because they need to connect. Uh, they need to connect the dots. Like they need to collect the prices somewhere, yeah, and then work on the prices and manipulate it, and then provide the prices somewhere else. So it's yeah. a really big challenge because there's a lot of information involved, a lot of connections uh, that they need to make with multiple different services. So it's uh, it's a really big challenge. Okay, but dealing dealing well with this, uh, I think it's a key. Uh, it's key for the success of the company because I think this is, uh, let's say, of course, the website also used the system. So it's good because uh, it's important because the website keeps working because of this, but also promoting and marketing the deals somewhere else. Yeah. It's also a way of bringing people to the website. So this is yeah. a key factor for the, the company's success. And scaling this uh, is also a challenge and important Okay, that, you touch on a very good point, actually. Just help us understand the business model um, as succinct as possible. So, well, the, the business model of Find Hotel is a mix between the meta search. So meta search is basically when you have a comparison between prices in multiple different providers. Yeah. Uh, so let's say if you go to uh, Find Hotel website nowadays and then you search for a uh, itinerary, let's say we're going to Lisbon next month, uh, and then you need to find a hotel, and then you fill up your itinerary, and then you are going to see the prices on multiple different platforms. Yeah. Uh, and then you can be redirected to those platforms to finish your booking. And our work is to make sure that you have the best uh, deal possible uh, for your stay there. Uh, but also, the other part of our business model is that you can also book within Find Hotel. So we are a meta search, but we are also a booking platform. Nice. So for instance, if the best um, the best deal for your uh, itinerary is with us, probably you are going to book with us and then you have the whole platform of booking uh, inside of Find Hotel uh, website. So then you gotcha. can go, select your room, um, payment information, and then finish your booking uh, inside of our platform. Uh, so this is uh, our business model. So there are the two components that are um, key for our success. Nice. Okay, good. Can can we transition into the maker versus manager model? Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm excited about that because, like I said, I see that quite a lot on Twitter. It's prevalent right now because... We're pretty much at an all-time high with uh, investment from VCs, PEs, everywhere into startups, scale-ups, wherever else. Okay, it doesn't necessarily touch on the maker versus uh, manager model, but you know we can talk about equity and other things. But I'm really interested to understand a little bit about how you. Line line it up isn't the right phraseology, but I guess how you actually start to think about some of the growth plans within a business and start to position people in the right areas and how you have those conversations with engineers. So 
it's quite a big topic. Do you, do you want to kick us off with the maker versus manager model and how it works for you and the team? Yeah, for sure. Uh, this is a topic that I really like to discuss. Uh, I think it always started uh, a year and a half or even a bit more ago uh, when uh, there were discussions in the company to build like a growth model uh, where we we could be able to map off the engineers and to build growth plans to them and also to map them on the progression levels that we have uh, to make sure that they were able to have opportunities and uh, to grow in the directions that they want uh, for their careers. So then we develop a growth, a growth model and then we map it off our engineers on the growth model to make sure that they were in the right position. So just to give you an idea, the growth yeah. model is a set of specializations so every engineer we receive, uh, we'll have like a combination of specializations. So they are more experienced in one specialization and less on the other one. Uh, and then a combination of all the specializations and also the experience of engineers on them will give them um, the final position where they are on the growth, uh, on the progression level that we have, on the growth ladder, uh, as people call uh, out there. So then once you have this uh, crystal clear and you, you, you are able to map off your engineers, then you can provide them opportunities to grow. Yeah. So then you can help your engineers to have like growth plans to go to the direction that they want. So for instance, you can have uh, engineers that goes more towards the technical side. So let's say they are senior, they want to grow to staff engineers or principal engineers. So then you can help them to create a plan uh, to get there uh, in a certain amount of time. But there, there is also engineers that they are, let's say, senior engineers, but they want to grow on the management side. So then yeah. uh, their growth plan will be more towards uh, becoming engineering lead and then engineering manager and then head of engineering and so on. Uh, so then it's uh, a work between the manager uh, and the engineer. Uh, they manage the manager responsibility here, I think, it's to create opportunities to have a crystal clear view of everybody's uh, wishes in terms of career and try to help people to get to the uh, direction that they want. Uh, so I think this is more or less the how the system works and how it's been uh, working here for us. And then we have the makers versus manager uh, discussion that you, you mentioned. I think it's quite an important topic. Um, and I think nowadays we have this as people call like why structure that you can either grow to one side or to another. Mm. And I really do think this is uh, something uh, important to have because then you can offer opportunities for people to grow in either directions. Yeah. Because I remember some time ago, uh, I was like working in different companies. And then at some point when you became like senior engineer, your next growth um, step would be to become a manager. So you, yeah. you didn't have any opportunity to grow on the technical side. Yeah. And then I think that this was a, an issue that we had in the past, that now it's uh, it's somewhat fixed by this model where people can grow in both uh, directions. And one, one important thing that we also, that our system also embeds is that you can go and try out the management side. Let's say you can go and become an engineering lead if there is opportunity for you. Uh, but then at some point you say, okay, this is really not my thing. I tried, I give my my maximum, but I, do, I don't think this is the, 
uh, the direction that I want to go on my career. So then you can step aside and just move back to the maker's uh, ladder and keep your growth. You don't lose uh, the, the skills that you acquired. You don't lose the, um, uh, the level that you reached, but you are just adjusting the direction of your career to the direction that you really want. And I think this is really important because uh, I think we are all, always evolving. We are always changing our minds. We are always uh, getting new information, learning new things. So then it's good for us to have to always have options of things that we can do. Okay. Uh, and I also think this is something important that you can transition from one side to another on the yeah. career ladder. As an engineer, what if you don't know what route you want to go down? So we let's just say internally you have those conversations and someone's a senior engineer. There's a natural progression. There's two branches, staff engineer, engineering lead, what if you don't know? Do you just stay where you are? Well, I think uh, if you don't know, uh, it's a work, it's a job for you and your manager to try to figure out. Uh, so your manager can help you uh, to identify uh, if you relate more to one or another of the branches, uh, as you said. But of course, sometimes you cannot uh, reach a conclusion just by doing this, having this conversation. Uh, one thing that I usually recommend is, yeah, if you don't know, you are, let's say you are an individual contributor uh, and you can either go to the management side and become an engineering lead, so it's like a sidestep, or you can focus your career towards growing into uh, staff engineer. Uh, so my recommendation is usually, okay, so let's try some things out because we have a lot of things that is responsibility of the engineering lead. So you can align with your engineer lead and start doing some of the things. So you can start like uh, taking care of some things inside of the squad just to see uh, if this kind of uh, triggers uh, something on you that you are going into more, uh, going more into that direction. And then if that's the case, and then you feel, okay, I'm really liking uh, taking care of those things. I want more. And then you can, of course, uh, if there is the opportunity, you can go there and then take over as engineer lead in one uh, of the teams. And then you can keep uh, your growth. Uh, but it's also you can keep your experimentation because, of course, once you became engineer lead, there will be responsibilities. Uh, so you will be accountable for uh, more things than just when you were just trying out. Uh, so then, of course, you need to deliver what is expected from you. Uh, but the discussion of, okay, this is really the thing that you you can, you can want to keep doing. Um, and then at some point, we may identify, okay, this is not the thing that I want to do uh, anymore. I tried. I did my best, but I want to move back. And then it's yeah. fine. You can just sidestep to senior engineer and then focus your growth plan to the staff engineer. So this is uh, this happened uh, here at Find Hotel. So we are using the model for a year and a half, uh, okay. more or less, and this already happened, uh, okay. and it's a complete. It's completely fine to go from one side to another. Uh, it's actually expected that this will happen. Yeah, I I can imagine it's actually quite prevalent, especially in unknown scenarios where you don't know. But if you have been an engineer and that is all you know, you don't know if you want management or 
one-to-ones, personal development plans, etc. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's an unknown territory. And that that leads me on to how do you actually monitor performance or maybe set OKRs with individuals or, or teams to ensure that your growth is in the right trajectory? Because it's quite, I can imagine it can be quite tough to say to someone uh, in six months, you'll be a staff engineer just because you've done six months here. I'm sure there's some sort of result that you want to see from that. So how do you measure that? Yeah, so once you are, uh, let's say, uh, there's both examples. You can go to the technical side or the management side. So once you are there on the position, there are some expect- expectations on you. Uh, so you have uh, to deliver some, some things. But there's also some new um, specializations or new skills that you need to develop. So if you are moving from IC to management, you need to develop to develop a new set of skills. Uh, sometimes you need to develop from not from from zero because you already showed it before. If you are a senior engineer, probably you already are, are experienced um, engineers, so you already have some of some of the specializations. But you need to develop them as you develop any other uh, technical skill, and then. You and your manager, you are going to build a plan for you to develop your skills in, let's say, six months, 12 months, depending on the on the growth plan. Uh, and then from time to time, uh, we have one-on-ones with the engineers twice a month. And then from time to time, you can go back and check your growth plan. Okay, uh, how you are progressing on this goal, on the other goal, how you are developing this skill or the other skill, what's been your challenges, what do you is it still aligned with the, the needs of the role that you are at? And then you keep this discussion going on. So every time that you meet, you may discuss the growth plan and make sure it's aligned. You discuss the progress. You offer opportunities. You offer support. I think the support that the, the, the manager can offer to the um, engineering lead that is uh, growing is also important because uh, sometimes people need to be supported, need help uh, on some stuff. So... This is important. And then uh, after the end of the six months uh, that you are progressing uh, on the OKRs or the goals that you had for the period, we have the evaluation. And then the evaluation is, um, as we call, 360s. Uh, So then we are going to collect feedback from people around uh, this engineer, in this case of the example, the engineer lead. Uh, So then we collect feedback from the team. Uh, We collect feedback, feedback from the manager and also from the person. So then the collective feedback that we have, uh, we are going to see, okay, how the person is growing in certain areas. If the person is not growing in certain areas that is expected, you are going to see this on the feedback. And then you have another round of uh, feedback just to to tell the person, okay, uh, you can see together where you are at uh, on the growth ladder. on the growth model after the evaluations. And then after having a conversation, you can build a new plan um, to target, to achieve new goals uh, based on the feedback that you collected. And then this is a continuous uh, work that you need to do. You need continuous follow-up. You need to uh, be yeah. on top of it as a manager. Yeah. Um, 
because it's not like you set some goals and then six months from now you come back and see, oh, let's see how you progress on your goals. I yeah. don't think that way works. So you need to continuous follow up. You need to continuous adjust, uh, follow the opportunities and see uh, how the person is progressing. Uh, because, uh, yeah, if you just come from every six months to see what's happening, it's, wow, you are not helping the person to develop their career. And this is not the way we do. We constantly um, follow up with people, help people, support people uh, on their growth. What's your leaving tip for a company or teams looking to introduce this to try and get them off to a good start? Well, I think the first step, uh, if let's say there is a manager out there, a head of engineering that's planning to introduce some some sort of uh, growth model uh, on their company, just you know, talk to people and see their um, uh, what are the needs of the engineers, uh, what are they wishing to have in the company, what are the pain uh, that they are having at the moment, and then see if the the growth plan. Uh, fix uh, the needs that they have at the company. So, uh, for instance, you can come to find Hotel GitHub and then you can see our own growth plan. Yeah. Uh, we we based our, our growth plan on the Medium uh, growth plan, which is also public. And there are many other companies that uh, have made their growth plan public. So yeah. you can just go there and check their growth plans and see if uh, one of them fits uh, your needs. Okay. Then having a conversation with the team and deploying it, uh, then you can measure the success and make sure that it's going to the right direction. Nice. Okay. I think that's that's my advice. Love it. Okay. Uh, my reference was that links down below, by the way. Um, so it's underneath <laughs> this video. So just talk to us uh, as a lasting message on some of those growth plans. So we touch on front-end guilds. There's obviously uh, an Elixir introduction into a guild now, so I'm, I'm making some connections here on Elixir engineers or potential cross-trainers could be interesting, front-end engineers. Just give us a scope before we wrap up of find hotels growth plans in hiring. People listening, what should they be looking out for? Well, they can expect uh, to have an environment where they will uh, have the chance to grow. We are discussing the growth plan. Uh, there's a lot of challenges coming because uh, as soon as we are kind of easing the pandemic, it's not over yet. I don't think it it's close to be over, but it's easing. People are traveling again. So there will be more challenges for us in terms of building a product that suits the, the new needs of the travelers uh, in the world within the pandemic and maybe after the pandemic in some months or years from now. So there's a lot of challenges in our product. Uh, there's a lot of challenges in scaling um, our application because as we are growing, we are adding more features um, to help our customers to achieve, uh, to find a really good accommodation. Then we need more people uh, to fulfill those roles and to help us to scale uh, the business. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of, opportunities uh, there as well and also you are going to to be in a really good uh, environment that for foster the growth of people a really friendly environment 
international environment. So we have more than 17, 20. Nice. I don't know exactly the number. Nationalities. So there's a lot of uh, international people from all around the world. We have like people from all of the five continents. Uh, so it's nice. a really uh, good environment if you want to join a company that's growing. It's uh, We have business in pretty much every country or every continent as well. So then, Sponsorship uh, and relocation? Yes. If you want to move to Amsterdam, uh, all of our roles, either the lead uh, engineer, the front-end engineer, uh, and the other roles that we have, uh, we have sponsorship to relocation, uh, to relocate you from your country, doesn't matter where you are, uh, to the Netherlands. So we sponsor you with a visa, we help you to find a place, we pay your first month of rent, we pay your flights, your family flights, your cat flights, uh, whatever you need to be here uh, working with us. Uh, so we sponsor uh, yeah, everything needed. Love it. Ladies and gents, can we give a, a big round of applause for Lewis? Um, if you want to get involved with a company that seemingly are really switched on around engineering growth and an empathy for their engineers and career paths, um, switched on around communication between teams, guilds, etc., and a very cool product as well with some fun challenges – Come and talk to Lewis, have a look at some of their Medium blogs below, um, have a look at some of the other associated links with what they're doing. And uh, as always, like I said, a little clap for Lewis, but peace and love. Lewis, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you very much for having me here today. I really enjoyed our conversation. Um, Always a pleasure. Yeah. Always an absolute pleasure. Thanks, everyone. Bye for now. Take care guys thanks for watching this episode Uh, massively appreciate you listening and checking in with us if you want to find out more about us and what we're doing please check us out on social media what we're trying to do at engineers is build a community to drive knowledge sharing and experiences on twitter we can be found at engineers.io it's no underscore we've also got a website which is engineers.io These links will all be posted in the description. Any feedback and comments are massively appreciated. We're always looking to improve on where we can. Thanks, guys.